Hello and welcome to the Real Life Business Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Markwick, a business coach and money mentor to the busy business mum looking to find more confidence, clarity and calm amid this crazy thing we call life. Now, once you're done listening here, be sure to head on over to my socials at clairemarquick.reignite and let me know what you've loved about this episode. But right now, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Real Life Business Podcast. And this week, I am delighted to be chatting with Sarah Bahan. Now, Sarah is the founder of Marish Books, and she offers bookkeeping and CFO services to online business owners. Now, I met Sarah in a mastermind that we were both a part of and was instantly drawn to her because of us both having such similar beliefs around supporting our clients to build confidence with their numbers and to build a business that serves their life rather than takes over it. So I'm so excited for this conversation. Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. I know we can both geek out on numbers. That's awesome, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So for those who don't know you, um, let's start off by hearing a little bit more about yourself, your background and how you came to be doing what you are right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Sarah. Um, and yeah, I'm the owner of Marish books, which as you said, we do bookkeeping and CFO services. And basically what that means is we help entrepreneurs embrace the number side of their business. And as far as my background, I've been in accounting, um, you know, for the past decade and started my business at the beginning of 2021. And at the time I had a six month old baby. And of course it was the middle of COVID and, you know, with the pandemic and all of our routines just being thrown upside down. Um, really having kind of that fresh set of eyes to look at my life and my routines and everything and think, you know, a chance to really question, like, is this what I want? Or do I want to try to pursue something else? And I was also at the time, very tired of putting on the corporate mask every day of professionalism and just not being able to be 100% myself. Not that I was like hiding a big part of me or anything, but just like that. I felt I had to be this buttoned up you know, version of myself every yes, day. <laughs> yes, 100% hear you. Yeah. And, and say the right things and do the right things yes. and present yourself yeah. the right way. Yep. Yeah. I understand 100%. Yes. And so that's kind of where Marish book started and Marish, the meaning behind that. So a mare, a female horse, um, I was riding horses growing up. And if a mare was being kind of like, um, kind of like bratty or like hormonal, like pinning her ears and swishing her tail. They'd be like, oh, she's acting marish. And I was like, well, <laughs> there could be good things about, you know, emotions and just the ups and downs of life and everything. So yeah, that's kind of where the business started. And just with the, the mission to be very approachable, like there's no stupid question. We're not the kind of, you know, CPAs that are going to look down at you when you, you know, ask a question that you're not comfortable with. And just really the goal to empower both our clients and audience members to embrace their numbers. And um, regardless of any stories in their past of like saying, you know, that they're not a numbers person or any money mindset issues that they might be overcoming. Yeah, I hear that a lot, don't you? Like, yeah, um, yes. you know, these really confident, because I work predominantly with women, really confident women, fantastic at what they do, got so much drive for the thing that they do. Yet, you know, as soon as it comes to numbers, it's like almost head in the sand. It's like, oh, I'm just not a numbers person. It just, it, you know, it scares me. Um, I don't want to think about it. I think that's a really common feeling, isn't it? It is. And it's, it's very unfortunate. I mean, I think there are a lot of things that contribute to it growing up that so many, so many more women seem to have that story than men, um, which is I'm sure a whole nother topic about itself, but it's definitely something that (laughs) we're in the mission to change. 
Yeah. Yeah. So have you, have you always been a numbers person? Have you, is it a career that you sort of, um, you knew, okay, this is, this is my world. This is, this is my space to, uh, to be Actually, in the world kind of thing. Yeah, actually, surprisingly, no. Um, growing up, I was more on the creative side. I kind of like, well, you have to be one or the other. And so I choose the creative side, you know, with like um, being more of a writer and it's like per, um, excelling in English class rather than math. And I was never bad at it. Like it was fine. But um I don't know. I, however, my mom was an accountant growing up and (laughs) um, I went to work with her one day when I was in elementary school and, you know, she had the 10 key with a calculator with the tape and I asked for one for my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) So like the seed was planted pretty young. (laughs) I love it. I've always had kind of both sides of it. And so like, you know, having the accounting background, but then starting my own business kind of gave me that creative creativity, um, to combine both together. Yeah. I love that you said that because I certainly felt that as well coming from, um, coming from the accounting background to then starting my own coaching business. I don't know. I kind of, because I'd reached a point in my accounting career where I was just done. I was done with the corporate, the professional, you've got to say this, you can't say that, you've got to reword that email, it doesn't sound right. You know, I was done with that. Um, And I found I just ended up shutting the door on the numbers side altogether. Like I was like, no, that's it. I'm done. I am done with numbers. I'm focusing on, you know, the, the mindset and the, you know, I started off, my business started off as a life coaching business. And as I've progressed and as my business has progressed, I've realized actually, you know, you, you can combine the two and you can be creative and you can work on the mindset stuff and the energy stuff and help people be the best person of themselves whilst at the same time, um, understanding their numbers like we 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 can kind of really um compartmentalize parts of our self and our experiences can't we which I guess as well is a part of why so many people will be like you know I'm a you know I'm an awesome hairdresser I'm not a numbers person I'm an awesome photographer I'm not a numbers person or whatever it might be so what what advice would you give to someone listening to this thinking I'm freaking awesome at what I do I'm just rubbish at the business side of things um aka and how well the numbers (laughs) Right. Where would you start? Like, it's so interesting how we feel the pressure to put ourselves in a box. But I think that's what I would say: is don't put yourself in a box. Like, you can be more than one thing, and even if it's something that you're not super excited about or comfortable with, that doesn't mean you're bad at it. Like, there is—I don't think there's really any such thing as being bad at math or bad at numbers. Um, I think that everybody can do it, and I think it's—it's mindset. It's um, you know getting excited and motivated to do it and not seeing as a chore (laughs) that just has to be done because it can, it can feel like that sometimes, but if you look at it the right way, it could be so valuable with your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess that flows through, doesn't it? Like if we've, because if we've got that negative mindset around it, if it's, if it's a chore, it's something that we put off. And then, you know, I know we're in, we're on different sides of the world and all our rules and regulations and deadlines and obligations are different, but you know, I presume there's similar, you know, there's quarterly um, reporting requirements, Mm -hmm. you know, we call them BAS statements over here, business activity statements where, you know, you lodge your, um, it's your sales tax return essentially, and then your income tax tax return is annually. And so, you know, if you're only looking at your numbers on a quarterly basis, you're going to have a big mammoth ton of work to do, aren't you? So yes, <laughs> I guess Absolutely. there's probably some tips you could share around better habits for, for keeping on top of things. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely to get into a routine of doing it at least monthly and even doing a weekly check-in can be so valuable, especially for that mindset piece of um, looking forward to it. And like, remember what you see in your bank account is just a number. It's just a fact. Like you get to decide what you want to think about that and what you want to feel about it and the actions you take from there. Mm-hmm. So regardless of whether it's, you know, less than you were expecting, or, um, you know, if it's more than you're expecting, great, exactly. <laughs> uh, but just to see it as, as, you know, a neutral circumstance and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So that is yeah, such good advice because you know, we're meaning making machines, aren't we as human beings? And, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about it like that. Like it's, it's just a number, like it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. anything. It has no, um, no impact on our worth, how we feel about ourselves doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's just, it is what it is, isn't it? And, and we can make it mean whatever we want. And I suppose this is sort of what I'm, um, I do a lot myself and I work a lot with my clients on it's, it's training ourselves to not, not be fake positive all the time, but to see the good in things, to see the opportunity in things, to feel the gratitude with wherever we're at right now, because from that place, we can build a lot more sustainably and a lot more confidently, can't we? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So second, second. So before, like, uh, you know, there's so much like um, geeky number stuff that I'm sure we could dig into. <laughs> but what I'm really curious about is going back to what you spoke about right at the beginning in starting a business with a baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How and why? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Crazy. Um, <laughs> so my firstborn was probably a year and a half then. And um even it was such a different experience having the second one. He was born in July of 2020. So right after, you know, the pandemic started mm. and with the firstborn, of course, I did the whole, you know, unpaid maternity leave thing, you know, America and then <laughs> going to back to work and pumping and doing that whole thing. And um, so the, the stark difference between that and then even like working full time but being working at home and having the opportunity just to be there to feed him like in person, you know, mm. was such a, an eye-opening experience. And, um, yeah, I'm just like that whole period is just like flashing back to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think around the six months mark, I was finally getting some sleep. And so <laughs> it was kind of like, okay, like, let's think about this and what do I want it to be? And it kind of coincided at a time in my um, full-time job where I wasn't able to, um, contribute as much, like be a co-creator as much. And so it's like, I had that urge and that, um, desire to create something. And so I just kind of started on my own. It's so good. It's so good. I love hearing (laughs) the stories of what, what, uh, encourage what that final push was, what that final thing was that, that make people take the leap, you know? And, um, Yeah, I, I just, I find it really interesting. That's what I've loved through all of these conversations. Everyone's got a slightly different story, but essentially it gets, it's where people have gotten to the point where it's like, you know what, um, it, I, I don't want to be doing this anymore. And I've now mm-hmm. got a choice. I either just suck it up, keep doing it and be miserable, or I go for it. I back myself and I go for it. I think it's scary mm-hmm. and exhilarating at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. And you also, you never know what it's going to turn out to like, 
if you would have told me, you know, over like a year and a half ago where I would be today, full-time in my business, I'd be like, there's no way, you know, and it, it didn't start quite like that. It was just like, you know, I'll just kind of look around and see what's going on. And, you know, came across the whole online business world and, you know, just fell in love with like how mindset focused a lot of it is and, mm. um, how I think, you know, people are questioning the corporate, um, stereotypes and things like that. And just kind of rewriting the rules for themselves. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's fantastic. And, you know, just, just lately, like myself, I feel like, uh, because, you know, I presume you're the same as business owners, as entrepreneurs, like we're constantly growing, we're constantly learning new things. We're constantly, I'm constantly challenging myself, challenging my thoughts, challenging my limiting beliefs, because you never get over that stuff, do you? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't, I don't think we ever get to a point where we're hundred percent confident and hundred percent, just all over everything. We'll, we'll get to a point we'll, we'll sort of plateau out and then we'll need to stretch again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's, that comes down to our, that comes down to our mindset and our thinking about things, but it also comes down to our understanding of money, our appreciation of our money, our, um, acceptance, I guess, because as we grow and we start earning more then a whole heap more stuff keeps coming up, doesn't it? And, yes, and, yes. you know, then there's all these blocks around, what do I charge for my, um, services for my products? Like there's, there's so many, there's so many money mindset things that can make or break our business essentially, aren't there? What are yeah, some of the yep. common things that you've come across with, with your clients and your journey? Yeah, um, definitely the not being a numbers person that we talked about. And um, I think a common one that I see is sometimes I, I have um, people in my audience who are really comfortable with doing their own bookkeeping, which is great, but then they don't take it kind of to the next level and like and forecast into the future. Like bookkeeping is... A very important piece, but it's kind of just one piece of the puzzle. And yes. then, so I talk a lot about like taking that information and going into the future of it with it and making plans. And so that, you know, you're, you're making, you're using that to make safe and smart business decisions and you're comfortable with where you're going to go in the next, you know, amount of months. That's really, really, really important, isn't it? Because as you say, like you can, you can be completely on top of it. You're like, yes, I've sent out all my invoices. I've included all my receipts. My bank accounts are reconciled. I'm onto it. And, and that's it. Um, and you're still um, almost winging it in terms of, um, you know, yeah. deciding what to spend your money on and, and can I afford this new coffee machine? Can I afford this new team member? How much should I be paying myself? Am I paying myself too much? Am I not paying myself? And I guess that that's, that's that next piece, isn't it? You know, there's, there's keeping on top of your, your, your numbers and reconciling your accounting system, but then there's Mm -hmm. using those numbers to actually help you make more informed decisions as a business owner. Where do we start there? You know, like I know yeah. that that's a massive, massive piece. And, you know, you work with um, clients over an extended period of time doing that education mm-hmm. piece. But as some quick top tips, where can people start? You know, like I understand yeah. what you mean by forecasting into the future, but to someone who's just listening to this and going, what? <laughs> How do you translate that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would say the place to start is 
do your bookkeeping if you're not there yet, because what that will give you is a good idea of the money that's regularly coming in and the money that's regularly going out. And I found that business owners are pretty good usually about knowing their sales and (laughs) what money they're bringing in, but not quite as good sometimes as expenses. But once you have that number of like, these are my regularly recurring monthly expenses, that's when you can plug that into a spreadsheet. And by the way, if you don't like doing math, I do have a tool, cash flow forecaster tool. (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous. Um, Yes. Shameless plug, we'll totally post it in the link (laughs) in the show notes. We'll do. So um, with that, you can use those, you know, regularly recurring monthly expenses number and say that you have a baseline. And I think that's the most important thing to go. So you can, you know, calculate that out for 12 months or, you know, how, whatever period you're looking at. And then from there, um, you can make decisions or run like, you know, what if scenarios where what if I sign five more clients this month, or what if I want to pay myself an extra thousand dollars a month, what would that look like? Um, You know, what, what if I want to um, hire another person? And something else I was thinking about recently is like, of course, knowing your profit is required, right? <laughs> For like a CEO and running the business, because if you scale a loss, you're just going to lose more, right? Exactly. And it also goes into energy. Like think of energy as profit and loss too. And maybe you're making like a financial profit, but if you are killing yourself in your business and you scale it, you're just going to kill yourself even more. You're, you're going to have even less time for yourself. So I think that's an important piece too, to consider in there as you're um, doing your cash flow projections. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I cannot, yeah. And, and I have to say, like I've, it's been the stimulus for the changes I've made to my business because, you know, I was making, I was making enough money. You know, I was, I was, it was going okay. You know, I was contributing what I need. I was paying, my business was making profit. I was contributing to the house, our family finances. I was going okay. But I'm like, if, if I, if I want more, then more of what I'm doing right now is not going to give me the lifestyle that I want because I'm going to be, I was doing a lot of um, um, face-to-face programs. So I'll be away more. I'd be shutting myself in the office, preparing PowerPoint presentations and workbooks for face-to-face workshops. And, and, you know, then I obviously have traveling, I'd be staying away. I was like, that's not, that's not what I want. So whilst on paper, um, the number side of things, well, if I do, twice the amount of workshops that I'm doing right now, look at how much extra money I'm going to be bringing in. It's a really important piece to, to think about the energy and what else it's going to cost you. Cause it's not always monetary right. costs, is it? Um, when we're thinking about scaling. So yeah, I love that. And as I said, it's certainly something that I've done for myself lately as well. Mm-hmm. But again, and then that can be a scary concept kind of, it's like, well, if I, yeah. if I'm not doing more of that, what am I doing? But I guess that's where um, it comes back to what we spoke about before. You know, it's both scary and it's exhilarating at the same time because, well, now I've got the freedom to choose to do whatever I want to do. (laughs) Right. It's such a (laughs) weird feeling when you haven't had that. (laughs) I I don't know. Um, Certainly, uh, certainly a lot of the people that I work with have come from um, a corporate or a, a nine to five job background, so to speak. So not always sort of big corporate, but a nine to five job background and have decided that for whatever reason, that's not going to suit their lifestyle anymore. And they're going to start their own business yet. It can be easy to run, have our own business, but still have that employee mindset. Can't it? Yes, and, yeah. and I think that to me, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this, um, that all comes into how we price our products and how we um how we structure what we sell as well yeah um 
I'm totally putting you on the spot because I mean, we haven't prepped any of these questions, but I'm curious to hear <laughs> your thoughts on, on pricing. You know, so it's talking specifically, I guess, to online um, service mm. providers, you know, biz- people who um, their business is themselves, essentially. What advice can you give for pricing that? Because if we've, if we've got, let's just compare it to a physical store, you know, you've got your, your rent and you're buying your materials and, and that sort of thing. And you can, you can add a bit of a markup to that. Um, and you, you know, you've got a bit of a basis for setting your prices, but what about when our service is us, you know, what, mm-hmm. a, what, how do you go about, um, pricing when we don't have all those costs to sort of factor into things? Yeah. Well, the good news for the online entrepreneur space is that profit margins tend to be very high because mm-hmm. there is no, you know, materials and supplies and rent and overhead, not a lot of overhead. And so, where I like to think is like, where, where do you feel like the most aligned, whether it's like one-on-one services or group? Cause of course you can charge less, you know, for group, you're serving more people. And if it is one-on-one, then, you know, definitely like your energy is the mo- the main product, I guess, or the main material supply. Right. Yeah. And, um, also like just when you are the business and you're a solopreneur, like the biggest thing is to take care of the asset, which is you, because if you run yourself into the ground, there is no business and you can't serve anybody else. If you are, you know, exhausted on the floor. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the word that was coming to mind was incapacitated. Like, That's not the word I want to use. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Like we we are we are our most important asset, aren't we? And it's yeah. you know like if you have um, like I've got coffee machines in my head because actually a lot of my my clients are in the hospitality space. But you know if you've got a major asset in your business like that, mm-hmm. um, you're going to look after it. But I think it's very easy to forget that us as the as the the owner, the founder, the the operator, the entrepreneur, like we're even more important than our coffee machine <laughs> right? <laughs> or, than our, or than our camera or than our gym equipment or then whatever mm-hmm. else it is. Because if we're not operating, if we're not serving at our best capacity, then we don't have a lot of us don't have a business, do we? Because we, yeah. we are it. Yeah. And it's so interesting. I mean, even throughout college, I was always kind of of the mindset that like the employees are like the asset of the business, like, you know, the most important asset. And then starting my own business, you know, I kind of went in a little too hard at the beginning, (laughs) certain seasons, I was definitely working too much. And then it's just such a shift to say, like, as a solopreneur, like even more so you're the asset of the business. And so like, yeah, put that first, (laughs) even, and you know, this might even transition, like um, segue into the mom talk, but like, yeah, put yourself first because, you know, of course there's the whole cliche, like fill your cup or else you can't fill anybody's cup, but it's so true. If you don't take care of yourself, there's no, there's no overflow for anybody else. Exactly. And, and to me, like it always, it always pays to keep coming back to that whole, what we're doing this for, doesn't it? And, 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 you know, that whole, I'm a big one also on just reviewing, like constantly, like whatever word resonates with you, whether it's review, reflect, audit, analyze, like same thing, debrief, like the words doesn't matter, but it's that, it's that exercise of 
regularly and I'll say at least quarterly, but hell, I do it whenever I feel the urge, just (laughs) reflect everything, every aspect of our business. Yes, our bank account, our numbers, like our Mm -hmm. financial situation, absolutely. But our products like or our services, what are we offering? How are we, how are we offering that? How is our energy around that? Our relationships with our significant other, how are we feeling mm-hmm. about our family, our self-care? Like there's so much more to running a business than just the business side of it, isn't there? Yeah. And it's absolutely all intertwined. It's not like work you and home you and you know, wife you and mom you. Like it's all, it's all one. So yeah, it all has to do with each other and all needs to kind of be an alignment. Um to keep going, to be sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. So how have you found, let's talk about this mum juggle. How have mm-hmm. you found um, operating a business from home with young kids? Like mm-hmm. what's, what has been the single biggest challenge for you, do you think, in the last couple of years? Yeah, um, well, I will say I have so much support. Both my parents and my in-laws live very close. So oh, I will put that disclaimer so out there lucky. right now is that I am so lucky. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> But really what it came down for me, down to for me was a lot of work um, and finding my self-worth and my value because for so long I was um, identifying myself as basically my career first. I mean, that's kind of where I was getting my self-worth from. And it took a lot to be like, no, you're worthy because you're a human (laughs) actually. Mm -hmm. And not because, you know, you're, you've made it to the top of the career chain ladder or because you have a spotless house, which I never do (laughs) or like (laughs) Pinterest worthy packed lunches. Like I was never any of that, but like all of those things don't make you like a more valuable mom. And if anything, like striving for those things that are not kind of naturally in your personality, like for me being super clean <laughs> and spotless and like <laughs> oh my God, uh, Instagram worthy or anything, <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. Yep. All of that just kind of like detracted from me. And to be honest, like contributed to maybe some like postpartum depression that I was experiencing and just having expectations of, um, And even like prioritizing, like, you know, I would tell myself, I don't have time to do something, but it's not necessarily true because it was really, I'm not prioritizing that, which is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But I went through a phase where, you know, I was um, pretty sad about not having music in my life, you know, ever since college, because I played music my whole life. And I was like, oh, I don't have time, I don't have time. But I was like, I do, like I could scroll Instagram for 10 minutes less a day and sit down at the piano, you know, like I could. (laughs) And certain seasons, you might not make time for that and you might not make it a priority, but you know, if it is a priority, like, you know, you can, you can set aside 10 minutes to do it. And, and it really just fills you up so much. Like it makes you feel like yourself again, you know, those little things. It is those little things, isn't it? And, and I remember, oh, I've talked about it so many times. It was years ago would have been, I don't know. I can't remember exactly when I'll find it and I can post it in the show notes as well. But there was a TED talk about time and how to think about time. And the lady was talking about exactly that, you know, turning the, I don't have time to, that's not a priority right now because right, she's like, yeah. you, you will always find time. And she was telling a story. I think she was telling a story where, you know, she was super busy and, you know, someone had asked her to do something and she was like, no, there's no way I'm too, I'm too busy. Like there's too much going on. I think she got home and her like basement had flooded or something, you know, a pipe had burst and a basement had flooded. And she'd, she, she was like, well, I found the time then 
to call a plumber and to get it fixed. But if someone had asked me this morning, have you got two hours to spend helping me do X, Y, and Z? There's no way I would have had time. So it's like her way of demonstrating that actually when something is important enough, there will always be time. And to me, that was, I mean, it's, it's, it's taken me a really long time, I think, to really embed that because we can hear something logically, can't we? And we can be like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that makes sense, but still slip into the old habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it'll still, it would still slip out. No, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. But then mm-hmm. it's just the little reframes over time, isn't it? It's like, no, actually I do. I just don't want to do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much and more empowering. It I is. do that a lot when it comes to vacuuming and cleaning toilets and things <laughs> <Yes>. like that. <laughs> it's not that I don't have time. I just don't want to. <laughs> yes. And what's been really powerful is to shift that too and do the same exact thing for money. Like stop saying, I don't have money for that saying I do have money. I'm choosing to spend it on my house payment or like, you know, gas for my car or whatever, but food for my family is just having that different mindset of, you know, not the scarcity, but you do have all that you need. You're just prioritizing, which is great. It's beautiful. You get to choose. Absolutely. And with that, see, that's, that's another, th- that's another connection that I hadn't made either. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's um, with that, when you're feeling more empowered, when you're feeling mm-hmm. more um, confident or at ease, or as you say, like grateful in abundance or just in appreciation for what you've got. So, f- you know, for me, we were talking before about time, like you feel more relaxed and then you kind of, you can't get more time because there's only 24 hours in a day, but do you know what I mean? Like you feel that mm-hmm. you can get actually get more in because you're in control of your time rather than time controlling you. So when you apply that to money as well, absolutely. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm in control. I'm empowered. I am grateful to have the money that I've got to pay the bills or pay whatever for me, you know, for me to spend it however I want. And in mm-hmm. sitting in that space of gratitude and I've got enough, we find actually, wow, I've got more than enough. This is great. I might go treat myself. <laughs> right. it's, I mean, it sounds really woo-woo, but, you know, like it, 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 it's not. It's, like it is true. I think I, I certainly talk about it a lot. What we focus on, we get more of. So mm-hmm. if we're always focusing on that not enoughness, this is too hard, this is too intimidating, we're going to sit in that energy, aren't we? And we're going to get more of that. Yeah it's going to prove you're going to prove yourself right. Yeah. And, and I think for me, I don't know if you're the same again, just totally going off on a random tangent, but when you've come from that black and white accounting numbers background, Mm -hmm. this sort of stuff can be really challenging. It it can be like in the first instance, it's like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so great. And then it's like, oh, but that's not how the world works. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then you kind of disregard it. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, please tell me you agree. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Things I'm like, yes, she does. (laughs) Yes. It is a very, gosh, coming from an accounting background to get into this, you know, a different way of thinking. It's like, wait a minute, (laughs) but this isn't what I've been told. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's, Again, that links back to something you said right at the start as well. You know, a lot of a lot of our beliefs around money or what we're capable of earning, understanding, feeling confident with comes 
down to conditioning, doesn't it? And that, that might not necessarily be because we've had really negative things drilled into us or we've been taught that you're going to be no good with money. You know, unfortunately, there are people in those situations. But generally speaking, that's not what happens. It's just like we talked about earlier, the meaning that we put to certain things. Um, yes. and, and that can happen very, very unconsciously and very un, undeliberately. Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> but we can then carry those beliefs forward, can't we? And, and yeah. you know, as you say, with these amazingly talented, successful business owners out there can not be experiencing the business that they're capable of because of how they're holding their self back with their beliefs around money. That's Yeah. I- and it's, it's so interesting how like sneaky those thoughts can be. I actually have an example of today. I was looking for something. I was looking for some painter's tape. I was going to do like the least Pinteresty craft with my kids today <laughs> and just like, you know, tape something to the wall and I couldn't find it. And like immediately in my head, my thoughts were like, oh my gosh, like, why are you so messy? You lose everything. Like, why can't you keep track of your stuff? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it just flies right in there. And I had to like, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I'm just looking for a roll of tape. Like that's all I'm doing. And the same thing with your numbers is you can see that bank account number or, you know, your financials or, you know, face your tax return at the end of the year and have to gather all this information and say, oh my gosh, why did I do this to myself? And, um, but you know, just to, to be mindful of those sneaky thoughts that'll just jump right in there. Yes. And exactly. <laughs> like they just, it, I always like to think of it because sometimes um, some of the things that will come into my head, you know, of like, oh, you idiots. Oh, you're so stupid. Yeah. But then when I hear like my sons, one of my boys say that, for example, I'm like, no, I'm like, you're not stupid. You know, you've just yeah. made a stupid decision or, you know, <laughs> you know like, but you're not stupid. So I'll correct them or I'll you yeah. know, help, help them reframe. But then in my head, when I go and, you know, drop the spoon in the soup. And then I've got, then got to, you know, get soup all over my hands to get it out. I'm like, oh, you idiot. And it, it's, it seems so insignificant in that case. But when we're doing that all the time and all yeah. we're hearing is, God, I'm so stupid. God, I, why can't I keep my shit together? Why can't I yeah. find things? I'm so unorganized. It leeches into every aspect of us, doesn't it? It's not just around how we, you know, organize our kitchen drawers or, you know, proper mm-hmm. utensils up in our soup saucepan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then again, we'll prove ourselves right with whatever we're telling ourselves or allowing ourselves to tell ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> what we focus on, we get more of, right? <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is, um, this is, uh, so it's so funny. You have random conversations going off in all different directions, but at the same time, it all loops back around to the same thing, doesn't it? And when we, we sort of said at the start around, um, we see so many people intimidated by their numbers. I think if you could wrap up this kind of this conversation in a neat little bow, um, mm-hmm. sort of concluding or bringing together some of the things we've talked about, what would you say? Let's 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 put you on the spot again. Three top tips for not being so intimidated about our numbers. Yeah, um, the first one is to just do it. <laughs> to dive right in. And even if you have to like incentivize yourself, like, you know, I'll go get a nice coffee or something to like make it a little fun occasion to sit down and look at your numbers. And as you go in there, just remember, it's just, it's just a number on a screen. That's all it is. Um, so that would be number one. And then number two is going to be 
you know, be careful with the self-talk, um, catch those thoughts as they pop in and just ask yourself, like, do I want to be thinking this? Is this thought serving me? Mm. (laughs) And if not think something else or think, just ask yourself, like, what, what's a thought that would feel better right now. And then just go kind of incrementally in that direction. And then number three is going to be to make a plan for the money. And so once you have your bookkeeping routine done, just go in and, and this is what I find is the fun part of just sitting in a spreadsheet and like, you know, playing with numbers. <laughs> I, don't, I think only accountants call it playing with numbers, right? Other people are like, um, I'm just staring at a spreadsheet, but uh, <laughs> to make a plan for your money and to just forecast out, like set an intention of, you know, your goals that you would like to achieve. And then, okay. Secret, like bonus number four is to reflect. Yes. make time for that too <laughs> absolutely absolutely I, I love and I think you're 100% right when I said before you know I shut the door there was a point in my life and business where I shut the door on numbers mm-hmm. you can't I, I don't I honestly don't believe <laughs> if you're that way inclined if you can't shut the door completely on numbers because mm-hmm. as much as I tried to I still get excited by um, spreadsheets and things and just just a few weeks ago I was like right said to my hubby, I'm like, it's time for a complete overhaul. It's been too long since we've completely reviewed and overhauled our family finances. I'm going to book a whole day. And I sat here in my office. I had the tunes pumping. I had spreadsheets on both screens. And I'm like, this is great. It was <laughs> just was like the like, most fun day ever, right? <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, I'm so sad. I am that person. <laughs> But I think it can be fun for everybody. I really do. And that's (laughs) that's just the naive accountant speaking, but I really do think (laughs) people can have fun with it. Exactly. And that's, that's where I think uh, where you hit the nail on the head is, is, is more than just reconciling your bank account each week or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you know, when you can set a plan for your money, like you said, when you have an intent, when you have an actual goal, something that you want to achieve, like it becomes fun then mapping it out because, you know, you know, where you stand, like you said, on a, on a typical, say in a typical month. So if you want to achieve I don't know, if you want to have the money to take your family away on a, on a holiday, for example, you know roughly how much that's going to cost. So it's like, okay, well, let's project out. Or, you know, how, how can I save for this? How can I make this work kind of thing? And um, when you have that intent and when you have that plan and you can get excited about it, can't you? Because it's like, okay, right, great. Each month I have this much. Um, all right, so what else can I do? Well, if I were to go out and get three more clients, that would be, you know, and, and flow it all through. You can see how it all adds up over time. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it becomes really exciting. And, you know, yeah. and so glad that this podcast isn't, um, isn't a video one because you've got two like numbers people seriously geeking out on the thought of spreadsheet and growing savings accounts right now so just take our word for it (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think if anybody was watching they'd be like yeah I don't get this excited about numbers (laughs) (laughs) oh I love it I love it I could just keep geeking out but we will wrap things up if people want to find out more about what you do want to tap into some of your um, resources have a listen to your own podcast because that's just gone live congratulations where can they find you? you Yeah, uh, I'm most active on Instagram at Marish Books. Awesome. I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. And your podcast is called? It's called Profits Affogato. Very (laughs) fancy. (laughs) Very fancy. Not at all. (laughs) 
we will link that as well. So um, anyone who wants to hear more of your money um, management tips and business <laughs> tips um, can check that out as well. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been so much fun. I'm so glad we finally got around to recording this conversation. Yes, me too. Thank you. I've had so much fun talking to you. What an amazing conversation. Seriously, I... As much as sometimes I have really wanted to close the door on the numbers side of my life, I just can't. And when I get chatting to someone who is as passionate as Sarah is for helping her clients to really create the business of their dreams by changing their relationship to um, how they think about their finances and their money and the numbers side of their business, it's, yeah, it's, you can't help but be inspired. There is so much I could take away from this conversation, but I think the really important thing that I want to highlight here is probably the three key steps in thinking about our numbers. So the first one, like Sarah said, just get in a routine and get your bookkeeping done. Like send out your invoices, process your receipts, understand what is coming in and going out on a regular basis and use that as your starting point. But exactly that, use it as a starting point. Don't just, you know, click reconcile on your zero and then shut it down and don't think about it anymore. Use that information then to forecast forwards. So if I were to get five more clients or if I were to open for another morning a week or if I were to offer a new product or service what might this look like how might that make my income change what costs are included with that and remember there was a really cool tip that Sarah shared it's not only the financial costs that we need to be thinking about we also need to be thinking about the time and the energy and the what I call opportunity cost you know if if having serving five more clients means well that's going to mean I miss out on school pickup or um, going to soccer practice or something with my kids and yet the lifestyle that I'm desiring to live is to have more time for my kids then perhaps I need to think about a different way that I could earn that extra money because I'm always going to be resentful if earning that extra money is costing me the opportunity to spend time at my kids soccer practice for example so I think there's there's real value in understanding what we can do to bring more money in but we can't lose sight of the lifestyle costs as well as the financial costs of what that extra money might look like so that's something to be really really mindful of and I think, oh gosh, if I could, a third point, there were so many, I'm going to, I'm going to go for um, the reflection, the reflection piece. And this is something that I talk a lot about as well, the, the looking back. So we need to project forward and we also need to reflect back what's worked, what hasn't worked, what do I want to do more of, what do I not want to do anymore? Yeah, this is something that I've literally just done myself in my own business and there are many aspects of what has earned me good money this year, this financial year that I will not be continuing on with because they are not energetic matches for where I want to be taking my business going forward. So whilst that can seem a little bit scary, 
flip it around and view that um, view that feeling with excitement as anticipation. It's like, well, if I'm not doing this anymore, what else can I achieve with that energy, with that time, with that headspace and see it as something that is going to fuel us forward rather than thinking, oh shit, if I'm taking that amount of money out, then what am I going to do? And well, because that means we're coming from a place of scarcity. So that's that's always going to see us with not enough when we're coming from from that place and that is a whole other conversation for a whole other podcast episode so the bonus tip around that or my bonus takeaway around that is being really mindful of our our self-talk and what we're choosing to make our numbers mean I think that was an incredibly powerful piece of advice that Sarah shared you know it's literally a number on a screen it doesn't mean anything except the meaning that we give to it so if it's lower than we were expecting you know, if we're choosing to make that mean that we're worthless, that our business is failing, that we're no good, then that's what it means. But it only means that because we've made it mean that. So we can make it mean whatever the hell we want. And that, my friends, is super duper empowering. Okay, I trust you have loved this conversation as much as I did. Remember, all of Sarah's contact details will be in the show notes of this episode, as well as a link to her own podcast and her cash flow spreadsheet that she mentioned in the episode. And I will catch you next time. You have been listening to the Real Life Business Podcast with me, Claire Marquick, bringing confidence, clarity, and calm to the busy mum in business. Thank you so much for lending me your ears. It is much appreciated. And I love to connect with you. I love to hear what you think and what you take away from these conversations. So what would be awesome for you to do right now is take a screenshot of wherever you are listening to this episode from and share it to your Instagram stories, tagging me at clairemarkwick.reignite. And let's share this real life business message. Let's share this message that we can have the business that we want, the lifestyle that we want, and it doesn't have to drive us crazy in the process. I will be back in your ears really soon. And until then, bye-bye.